From Rule 62 Studios in Bossier City, Louisiana, this is the Grouch and the Brainstorm. Episode 27. 27, Matt. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm here today. This is Mike, and I'm here with Matt. What's up? And Jill. Hello. And we are recording another episode of the Grouch and the Brainstorm. Um, you know, let's catch up first, man. What's what's been going on with you, Matt, in the past uh week? Let's see, um I'm still not a millionaire, guys. I hadn't, <laughs> hadn't achieved that yet. Um, uh, you know, just wanted to update that for anybody out there. Um somebody needs yeah. to break change for a billion for you to be well, a well, you know, uh maybe. Um but uh yeah, everything's good. Uh took a job actually in uh treatment, got a job, so doing that, working at a treatment center, um, enjoying that. So um life is good. Fixing to go do some intense work with another alcoholic in a 21 and a half foot Skeeter bass boat, my sponsor and I. So, sure. It's going to be intense. I don't know how much <laughs> sure, AA work's going to be done. <laughs> AA work's going to be done, but we're going to. We're going to try it. Well, you know, you got to get that out of the way. It's going to get pretty cold here pretty soon. Well, oh, man, we fish. I have pictures of us with coveralls what? and earmuffs in Louisiana fishing. We we have a, some of us are sicker than others. If they ever start an <laughs> AA for uh, bass fishermen, we're in. So, An AA for bass fishermen. I imagine there's one somewhere. I, I have a problem. I know that's the first step, but uh, I have a problem. So. Someone will call in and well. say, how about the, the kiddos? Step. How are the kiddos? Everybody's good. Everybody's good. They're uh, living the dream. The grandkid is, uh, he's doing his thing. I talked to him last night. FaceTime is an awesome thing when you have uh, kids and he's got his own F-150 plastic truck that he's zooming oh, around yes. the house. I'm like, dude, that truck's nicer than mine. <laughs> it's an F-150. F-150. It'll be so, broke down pretty soon. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I didn't have the art to tell him. <laughs> <laughs> you got a Ford, son. <laughs> But yeah, everything's great, man. Everything is great. So, well, how about you, Jill? What you been up to? Now, I know you told your story. What last uh, last week? Yeah, I did Halloween night. Um, yeah, did that. I basically this is my schedule. I go to work, spread the message in um, the prison system, and come home. Maybe go to a meeting. Maybe go play pickleball pickleball yes and so right now i'm remodeling my house so there's been a lot of painting a lot of sanding and i also cleaned out the attic which i don't think anybody's been up there in 30 I thought years we were in the attic <laughs> <laughs> the, all this studio was the attic jill had the biggest stack of national geographics <laughs> in human history right and i remember like every you know when they came in i was just always so excited and i, you know, I read those as a kid and it was interesting to learn about other cultures and other countries so but uh, yeah, they had to go. Yeah, I, I mean it, I it. I think I found like a 1940s Bronco dilator in my attic. Hmm. What What is that? Like a nebula? It's It's to help you breathe. There's. I mean, there's. Like I said, there's stuff from like World War II and uh, before. I like looking in those National Geographics, and they sell like a new car, and it's seventy one hundred dollars. Oh yeah, and they're like it might have yeah. air conditioning, it might not. Yeah, you when know. I was a kid, that was expensive. <laughs> that was top dollar, man. <laughs> you had you added air Can't for the hide rich folk. money. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't need air when you had one of them little windows that <laughs> the cigarette window. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, Mike, tell us what you've been up to. Oh, just just my usual. You know, I had a, um, I had a. You know, my, my my regular life really just consists of getting up and going to work and going to home. I, I've started going to a noon meeting in uh, Fort Worth, Texas, and uh, it seems to be, you know, a fairly good meeting. Is I would I would equate it kind of like the noon meeting at the Koala Club here. Um, it's an older crowd, you know, a lot of years of sobriety. Like, yeah, if there's a newcomer here and there that comes in and, some of those that have been around for, you know, a year or so, some in there. But, you know, it's just 10 people tops, I think, is the most I've seen in one meeting. And um, it's called the um, Legacy Meeting, I believe, is the name of But all, there's something, it's closed. It's a closed meeting, which I wasn't used to here in, uh, in Bossier. And it has, uh, they have a, the same meeting, but again at 6 p.m. So the legacy meeting is at 6 p.m. and at noon. It's at interesting. You know, same here, topic or different? No, I mean it, it's different people. 
Uh, it's just called, and the Burleson Group over in Burleson is the same way. The name of the club is the Burleson Group. The name of the group is the Burleson Group, and the Burleson Group meets three times a day. <coughs> wow. Yeah. Kind of, kind of, you know, kind of fancy schmancy, hmm. I guess, to have a meeting so large you got to divide it up into three different sections. But, um, but I, I, you know, closed meetings seems to be a huge thing over there, which is just something I'm not used to. Of course, I, I'm not. Um, I, I'm an alcoholic, and I have a desire to stop drinking, so I don't. I don't have a problem going to a closed meeting. It's just, um, I'm just not used to that. If that makes sense, it's just different mm-hmm. for me. And, um, and last night for the first, I yesterday I believe I may be wrong was the first time I. Uh, I've seen my grandson since his diagnosis, you know. Oh. Yeah. Good. And uh, so I went and picked him and my son up at um, my son's apartment. And we, you know, my my grandson, you know, we threw the car seat in the back and we went to uh, Grapevine Mills Mall over in Grapevine, Texas. And, and I was looking for a particular store, but I really just wanted to spend a little time with them. So... We got out and uh, walked around the mall. Man, it is beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Yeah. Everywhere I go. Yes. Work. Um, <laughs> and then, For sure. And then you go to the malls and everybody's just really trying to get a big jump on the whole Christmas thing. And it's, it's uh, and everywhere, you know, they have this giant, uh, I guess it's a dump truck. Maybe I should have paid more attention. But it's uh, made out of uh, Legos, right in the middle of the mall. It's in a, enclosed in a glass case. But he was just fascinated. Actually, I was kind of fascinated mm-hmm. by it because I couldn't have built one of the tires, much less the mm-hmm. whole thing out of Legos. So, uh, you know, but, you know, we got a little chance to do that. He did not get to go trick-or-treating this year. Yeah, we couldn't uh, We couldn't do the whole trick-or-treating thing. And I just know. don't understand why everybody got a hate on Thanksgiving, man. That's like the best holiday ever, and we just skip it. It, as soon as Halloween's over, Christmas. No, Thanksgiving is a big part of my life. Because yeah, that's me the, too. Like, it's the, the best only holiday. time in the year I eat cornbread dressing. And it's like my favorite yeah. side dish ever. It's actually my main dish when it comes to Thanksgiving dinner. I mean, it's like the most chill, perfect holiday. It you really eat, is. You it's, hang out, it's you watch cozy. football. Yeah. It's cozy. It's no, no pressure, man. It's just hanging out, you know? So, Man, I'm, I might be in town for Thanksgiving this year. We're closed. Um, I don't really have to be anywhere till Friday morning for Black Friday. I took uh, Ben. He's been on this program. I took Ben to my uncle's last year for Thanksgiving, and we were going to the Koala Club afterwards. And Ben ate so much that he that he laid out on the chairs behind the <laughs> thing and fell asleep in the meeting. And somebody goes, "Is he drunk?" And I went, "Nope, he's got the meat sweats right now." He just the meat sweats like only only progressive commercial. Bruh, he was hurting, dude. He slept through the whole meeting. So wow, we will do that again this year. Well, you know that um, and that that makes for an interesting topic that I uh, I wanted to go ahead and and talk about this and uh, release this, get it out there um, before we dive off into the holidays and. Um, so we, we record multiple episodes, you know, and, uh, you know, depending on when we release an episode, it may get out there past, you know, the holidays. And, and I think dealing with the holidays is something that, um, needs to be discussed. And if that makes any sense now, you know, firsthand, man, I'm gonna tell you, I I didn't need a holiday to drink. I didn't need a holiday to do foolish stuff. However, it was a really good excuse, you know, and you're, th- you're thinking, man, we're going into the holidays and I haven't drank in, I don't know, let's just say two weeks, you know, I got two weeks under my belt and I've been attending these meetings, but I know I got Thanksgiving dinner coming and everybody in my family drinks wine at Thanksgiving and, and oh Lord, what am I going to do? You know, now look, I'm going to tell you now, okay, I've been, <laughs> I've been sober for, I don't know, a, a little bit and, um, been sober for 12 years a little over 12 years and it, still to this day i have a little ice machine in my home right little makes you know ice and i'll i'll come home from work and i'll flip on the uh paramount plus and pull up an episode of nci new or ncis new orleans and i'll put me some ice in a glass and sprinkle some lime in there and put tonic water 
and just drink straight tonic water and ice and lime and absolutely just love it. You know, soda, mm-hmm. soda water as well. And, you know, but man, that's just been a habit of mine since back in the day. You know, you go to a family function. I, I never really did family functions. And, and even if I did, they wasn't drinking, you know. But um, you go somewhere and people are drinking. Well, I would just bring, a, I don't know, Perrier, you know, fancy water. I drink, I bring a Perrier and and carry it around drinking, you know. Kind of looks like an O'Doul's, I guess, if you <laughs> No, no. <laughs> San Pellegrino, you know, <laughs> but I, I would, I would, that's what I would do. I would carry him around. And, you know, after a while you just got so much fuzz in your, or fizz in your stomach. You don't really feel like, uh, you know, but there can also be depressing moments that pop up, you know, during those holidays. And I don't know, for some reason, our go-to is uh, a drink whenever you're in those depressing moments. You know, I remember that first year and it was, uh, I got sober in June. So it was six months out, you know, from the holiday, five months out from Thanksgiving. And um, and I remember thinking to myself, am I going to get through thank- my first Thanksgiving sober? You know, five months. You you kind of, at five months, I was pretty, uh, I was into the program by five months. I was, you know, I was working steps, visiting sponsor, doing all the things I needed to do to stay sober one day at a time. And, um, but you still look up and go, am I going to? You know, what's life going to look like after Christmas? You know, but the only guarantee is I knew what it would look like if I did drink. I knew exactly what life was going to look like. It wasn't going to be pretty because it hadn't been my track record, you know. So, uh, you know, holidays coming up, a lot of pressure, a lot of things going. Um, I'll say this and, you know, we'll we'll open up for discussion. But uh, I'll say this. And um, if you have to ask the question, should I? The answer is no. If you have to ask that question, um, and I'll tell a little story about one of my experiences in the program of Alcoholics Anonymous and life. Uh, I had my, I think it was June of my second year. I, w- I was coming up on my second year. No, I was coming up on my first year of recovery. How about that? The first sober year, June 2012, I believe. And, um, a buddy of mine had asked me to go to a wedding, his wedding in Destin, Florida. And I had never been east of Louisiana sober. And I'd been to Destin a lot. You know, that was a, a big, a big drinking spot in my life. And uh, he asked me to go and, you know, I go back and uh, I made the meeting topic one 530 meeting one day. Should I go to Destin? You know, <laughs> And you go around the room and um, everybody says, you know, well, you know, you get you get just a hundred different opinions, you know, and we'll talk about what the big book says about all of this here in a little bit. But you get a hundred different opinions about, oh, you know, if you're spiritually fit, if you're prayed up, if you're, you know, all of these, you know, all of the things we hear in the rooms of AA and all of which may be true. Hey, you know, um, but uh, so I had deduced it to i'm going to destin right i had put it in my mind i'm gonna go to destin and see my friends get married on the beach which to be honest with you looking back now great guy love him to death his wife's a a great lady i don't care nothing about going to the beach and watching anybody get married period right so i was telling myself though all of the myself telling myself you know that the the dumbest person i know is who i'm listening to i do that too you do that (laughs) i listen to him a lot well, it comes up about two weeks before I'm supposed to go to this wedding. I mean, maybe even a week, right? And I'd already planned on, you know, I'm going to drive there and, you know, this is where I'm going to stay and all this other stuff. And um, they, I got a phone call one morning. I believe it was a Friday morning. And it said, hey, you've been transferred to another store starting tomorrow. And... uh at that point, all plans were off, you know. And I went to that other store, and I was there for 10 months, you know. Buddy got married, had a great wedding. I even watched, I think, some of it online. You know, you could do that a little bit back then. It was choppy. But uh, long story short, God did for me what I couldn't do for myself because I was not ready to go to that wedding. And then no different than the holidays or any of the other thing. Now, I, I, little disclosure here. I'm not encouraging people not to f- go to functions. I'm not encouraging people not to, you know, listen to your sponsor when it comes to all that. Talk to your sponsor. The best thing to do is stay in communication with your sponsor. 
don't not tell your sponsor I'm not going, right? right. You, right. you want everybody and their brother to know so they can keep up with you and make sure you're all right. But uh, but for me and my little bit of experience when it comes to that is, uh, and I've got a lot of holiday stories, you know, but when it comes to that particular thing, that was God doing for me what I did, could not mm-hmm. do for myself because had I listen to myself i would have ended up in destin with almost a year sober and i just don't know how that would have turned out and that was a you know they they didn't like they're going to cancel all the alcohol plans because mike's showing up right so well you also got to be aware of your triggers oh yeah triggers i mean avoid is taco tuesday a holiday i just want to clear that up is that included because that was a holiday i liked you know any any holiday that's you know, not a holiday you, know, you go on instagram and they're like today is national garbage worker day you know i'm <laughs> well, like that's a holiday you well, know or <laughs> today's animal catcher guy day you know or whatever <laughs> i think they have a name what do they call the uh my mom and dad used to call them the dog catcher pet yeah. control animal yeah. control. Pest control animal, pe- animal, animal control. control yeah yeah. yeah, the holidays. There. I was just wanting to clear up holidays. I'm glad you did. Technically, Taco Tuesday could be if you have an issue with drinking on Taco Tuesday. It's a, listening to that guy in his own head thing you were just talking about, you know. So, what about you, Jill? The holidays can be stressful for people that aren't sober. Um, it's just a it's a time when families come together, and sometimes for a lot of people, our biggest trigger is family. And I um, mean, I'm not speaking that for myself, um, but my first first Thanksgiving sober, <clears throat> I just got sober in February and I was still living in the halfway house. And so my cousins all came in and I think. No, they weren't. So anyway, um, my uh my family all came in and so we had thanksgiving and it just i didn't have all the things i uh, you know like the xanax the beer and all this stuff that kind of like chilled me out yeah but um it was very chaotic and i remember just like feeling really uncomfortable i mean like super uncomfortable i was starting to have anxiety you know just everybody was really loud my cousins are very loud they were drinking and it just continued to get a little bit more elevated and i just went to my mother and i just said i i can't do this i I need to go back to my safe place which was the halfway house so i drove all the way back i told everybody listen i'm sorry but like this is incredibly triggering for me and I drove back uh, two hours to the halfway house and just stayed there by myself. But it's like, I just, I couldn't be there at that moment. And of course, like, it doesn't affect me in that way anymore. But I do have to be careful around the holiday season, seasons. Because like one of my go-tos for decades before, you know, for a long time before I got sober was self-pity at this time of year. I look around and it's still the same old shit show and it's still, I'm still single. I still, you know, I don't have a, I mean, like I have a family, but I don't have my own family and that can be saddening to me because you see, I mean, everything is based at this time of year of just family and, and, and it makes me feel incredibly like alone in this world. And I have to, I mean, I'm very aware of that. And I like to, um, you know, make sure that I take care of myself and make meetings and do everything I can. Because typically, like these feelings don't bother me on a day to day basis. It just seems like during the holiday seasoning, I keep saying seasoning. Yeah. Like what the (laughs) She's she's apparently thinking a lot about whatever she's going to put on her food later on today. The holiday seasoning, which consists of <laughs> pumpkin spice and everything nice. But guys, I know I'm not the only one that this this happens to. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of people that uh, feel slightly ostracized uh, this time of year. And this is the deal. This is just one of my cognitive distortions, my false and irrational beliefs. I have more friends and family than most people do and i'm loved and i'm accepted and everything's typically great but this this is when i start getting into my kind of uh you know my self-pity and things like that and uh it's just 
like I work on it and I stay on top of it, but it's just something that I've been doing for so long. I can't expect it just to like disappear. Um, I am grateful. I'm grateful for my friend, my family and my friends and everybody else. Uh, but I'm sure for a lot of us, it can be a very triggering time of year. Did, um, did either one of you guys like grow up in a, the family that, um, <laughs> and I'm not making fun. Please don't think I am. Making oh gosh. Fun. I'm scared. But like everybody wore the same pajamas on Christmas Eve. And we that, still do. Bro. Yeah. Did you? you had to bring that up. <laughs> Did you, Matt? <laughs> this happened two years ago in sobriety. My mother ordered. Yeah. 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 It was not that cool. Well, know? I mean, a bunch of, you know, middle-aged folks. <laughs> I mean, I, I everybody, like it. everybody had them things on. Okay. I can see where the triggers, yeah, the triggers like are coming it. out now. No, <laughs> girls like it, but, uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I got the open flap on the butt. Oh, man. No, Look, no. <laughs> that actually came in handy, but that's another story, you know, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we did do that one time. We didn't do that growing up, you know, but, yeah, for some reason. And, Jill, you did. You had that kind of. Not growing up, but. Um, so everybody waits till they're grown to do this? Well, my, I didn't wait. I got forced into it. It wasn't my choice, you know. It's something, you know, my, my family's broken. My parents divorced and. I don't know, I guess Christmases and stuff were weird, but my sister started that tradition and she wanted traditions for her kids since like a lot of bars just went to shit. <laughs> um, but like I have stayed, I stay every Christmas Eve with my sister and the kids. I have since they were born, since they were babies and yeah. I do it every year. That's our new tradition. My sister gets pajamas for everybody except for the guys. It's just, uh, you know, my mother, myself, Don't my sister. Don't let Matt's mom find out. She'll ship some over there. <laughs> Jill, you're and in my on niece. The pajama deal. You can take my place. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Open spot. We do Christmas, you know, Christmas dinner in, um, in our pajamas, just kind of loaf around in pajamas all day. But, you know, when I think about like sobriety and, you know, my Christmas, I really can enjoy it and I can be present now. I don't feel the need because normally those Christmases and Thanksgivings when I was not sober was me, I guess, kind of like white knuckling it and, and trying. I'm, I'm irritable. I'm restless. I'm discontent. So I you don't tried want... to stay dry through the motions. Well, I mean, I was taking pills, um, oh. Oh, but yeah. like not drink. <laughs> gotcha. And and I just ended up getting so like, you know, and so irritable <laughs> that I would just all I could think about was me getting out of there. Oh, yeah. So I could leave and drink. So like mine dealing with holidays and I'm going to expand that to just like events, period and sobriety. There was a there was a line where I shouldn't go period like you're talking about the destined thing i'm not ready for that but it became a thing of because of of a little bit of time going by it's like i'm not going to stop my life you know if my family has invited me to something or i'm not just going to be in this cocoon of um uh, you know so there was some uncomfortable at some of those events for the first time now i don't think a thing about it and i just roll right on never does alcohol it, it just doesn't bother me at all um but most of the first time events in sobriety were kind of a little you know edgy and i'll just give you the one advice my sponsor's given me throughout the whole deal he says it all the time you got your car keys in your pocket don't you and I'm like, yeah, yep. he goes, just leave. You I always to... make a meeting yeah. on holidays. Oh, yeah. Even, always. Yeah, I used, I used to always think to myself, I'm going for that person that doesn't have anybody at a meeting. But realistically, I'm going for me. <laughs> yeah. I need to go for me. On New right? Year's, I'm going for Mr. Jerry's Black Eyed Peas. That's why I'm going. Well, and they have good food there, too. Yeah. I, I will admit, at the Koala Club, anyway, they have good okay. food. Okay. Man. Very and, nice. you know triggers holidays you know I, I, it made me think a couple of things you know you know I, I was in retail i've been in retail for i don't know 30 since 1988 so 34 years 35 years and um all my holidays have been working and then you know soon as the bell goes off and you can get out of there and you use the last one to get out you're going straight to a liquor store. I was going straight to a liquor store. By the time I got home to do the whole pajama fire marshmallow thing, you know, I was, 
you know, lit up and all that other stuff. And then, mm-hmm. you know, kids were grown by the time we got, I say grown, they were 13 and 11 by the time I got actual sober. But, you know, it, it, yesterday, you know, I talked about, I took my kids to, or took my son and my grandson to Grapevine Mills. And that, that even brings back like emotions that I haven't felt in years because when my son was a child, little, little kid push around, even younger than my grandson. So maybe three and my daughter, maybe two, one, you know, we would go to grapevine mills and buy their Christmas. And, you know, so we would walk around this circle. It's like, I don't know, half a mile around, maybe a mile, but we would walk around and you go back there and you start thinking about those kind of things that can bring back feelings that you haven't had in a long time. And, you know, I mean, and, and if you're not spiritually fit, if you're not involved, if you're not up to date with your AA stuff or, or any spiritual program you got going, if you're not rolling like that, um, I could see where it would be an emotional tr- self-pity trigger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I let's call it what it is. It's self-pity. Absolutely. No, I, I went back out on Christmas Eve night one time. Um, 2000 and I got sober in 2000. So 2010 on Christmas Eve night, I'm sitting there in my apartment watching television. Grinch. Well, I don't remember. <laughs> I was watching my TV. I was by myself. Poor me. By myself mm-hmm. on Christmas Eve. Everybody's across town. Don't love me. You know, and oh, then yeah. all of a sudden some fella pops up on TV and asked me if I tangeray. And I was like, oh. Mike said, do I? <laughs> I don't Why, know. yes, I do. I don't know if I ever have. But tonight's the night, Rod Stewart. <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and I say that and I, and I laugh about it now, but that sent my life into a six-month spiral um, that particular night. And I went on a six-month spiral that had to happen. It absolutely had to happen. or I would have never gotten to a point where that I had been beaten down enough to get sober, you know. So that came out of the holidays, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the thing about that, when I got into recovery, I got reminded, you're not doing any of this stuff alone, right? Mm-hmm. You're not, none of it. There is somebody out there, even those hardcore AA guys that have been around for 25 years, 30 years, they would stop what they were doing and meet a newcomer, somebody with one month at a club or have them over to their house, which is what I found was really cool. Like this person's inviting me to their home on a holiday. Mm. And it's not because they feel sorry for me. It's because they don't want to go meet me somewhere, but they want me to be okay and they want to be with their family. Yeah, it's a win-win for those guys. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and we also got to think about regional holidays too. Because, you know, and when I was living down there in the south, uh, down there in Covington, Mandeville area, Mardi Gras, Mardi Gras is way bigger. You Absolutely. Know, mm-hmm. than, You're off the whole week. Yeah, they're off. The, yeah, everybody. Well, I wasn't. But <laughs> uh, but most people like schools let out for a week and it's a holiday. It's it's to me and I'm, I'm not from there, but to me, it looked as big as Christmas. It's huge. You know, oh, yeah. You know, and I'm sure they have other regional holidays that can be, you know, stuff we don't think about. Whenever they start serving crawfish here, you hear a lot of shares in the meeting. You know, I went to my first crawfish bowl and, you know, I didn't have any beer, you know, and, and the pressure of these, some of these things. Mm-hmm. I can imagine on the newcomer. We've all had to get through them, though. I will tell you all a little trick that I've noticed in the past few years. Okay. So it used to be. This, this is this is something I've learned on my own, and I took this from Mr. Joe and a few of those old guys. He always shares his things to do during the holidays. This time of year, always like that. Um, and he always talks about having a drink in your hand that doesn't look like, um, you know, a bottle of water. So people assume that you're having a drink, so they don't bug you about, do you want a drink, right? What's awesome these days is everybody drinks out of those tumblers. So you don't know what they're drinking, right? Oh, so yeah. So just get a tumbler, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. You know, you can have whatever you want. If you want water in it, uh, yeah. I mean, Everybody drinks energy drinks. Well, <laughs> yeah, or, or energy drinks. So, but, but you know, that that's that's a, a, was half the battle for me early on was the people going, you know, I didn't want to drink, but then people I don't see often coming up at Crawfish Bowl or whatever. You want that? Yeah. You want? No, 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 no. I'm good. That's the weird part is just being like, you know, no, I'm. I'm horrible. I can't drink well, at all. And it is hard for a lot of people because there's like tons of Christmas parties. Oh, man. There's alcohol there and... Well, 
I'm sure a lot of people relapse at that point. Jill, you've been sober 13 years. Yes. Matt, six, five, five. Has anybody ever act, actually offered y'all a drink? Oh, yeah. Have they really? I've never. No. I've never. I've well, been to I've been to business functions. I've been to any, just picture it, whatever it is. I've been, I've been here. I've been abroad all over. Man, no one's ever hey. said, I mean, I'm like, y'all must have heard. <laughs> Shit goes bad. I mean, I, I have been offered a couple of drinks I since I've been to sober. The extent mine, I guess I'm just that guy that I look like I need a drink all the time. <laughs> I'm on the, I'm on the river. Maybe they say he's already acting stupid. Let's I'm get him a drink to go. This summer. Uh, there's a huge guy with no shirt on. Me and some people are tubing down a river. He comes out with a Kool-Aid pitcher, and I don't know what's in it, but I know it was alcohol. He's standing out there, and we're floating by. Let me get y'all a drink. He's pouring drinks. I'm like, nah, I'm good. You don't look good. Take one of these. I'm like, I'm, I promise Thanks. I'm good. You know, the only person I ever known offered a drink by the Kool-Aid man. <laughs> Yeah. I was about to say, was oh, it yeah. the actual a, like old school? No, 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 like a like a like a plastic oh, picture. Okay. I you thought know, you that meant like Tupperware. But he had, he had a bar. He had a bar set up <laughs> on the beach there on the grass. He was making drinks, and then they were standing out in the water in the middle of the river. So as people floated by, they're handing out drinks, and I'm just like, I'm good, man. And he's like, You don't look good. I'm like, Well, I'm gonna keep floating. So that's not very safe. I'm just saying, water and alcohol. Hey, you're tubing down a river, (laughs) and this guy's offering up a picture of Kool Aid or alcoholic Kool Aid. That's how I used to live. (laughs) You weren't, you didn't do uh, high risk activities. (laughs) (laughs) Mainly just slept. (laughs) No, we, uh, yeah, life was a life was a game. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, it wasn't any fun. If it Matt's wasn't. like, I know what it's like to be that guy. I've been on the river many, many times as that guy. And, oh, uh, yeah. It was my first time not to be talking about Destin and the beach. You know, I, my head just went Panama City when you said Destin. So, yeah, I mean, done that. same white sand, blue water. Yeah. Sunburn, stay in a hotel for the whole week while the family goes out because you're too, too burnt up from getting drunk under the oh, sun. Oh, man. Dehydrated, yeah. feeling like hell. It's many never, many trips to Florida. Half of the half of the thing with drinking though for me was like in those type situations was what's where am I going to find myself in the morning? That was the kicker of the whole deal. Like you know, don't know. Wake up. Where well, are we? That's here. I mean, I yeah. got drunk here. I mean, where am I going to find myself when I wake up in the morning? <laughs> well, I think a good thing for maybe newcomers and for anybody else that may be listening is, yeah, I mean, we are at the time of the year, yeah. Thanksgiving, Christmas, um, New Year's, Tropica. where it's it's celebrated heavily with alcohol or other party favors. Hell, I don't know. Um, and that you do have a game plan coming into it. Because I, I think that protects you. I mean, I know that I can contact my sponsor. I know that I'm going to go to meetings. But for the newcomer, you may not have that like list of things that you know you are going to do in case of an emergency. Because, like I said, you may end up somewhere where people are drinking. If you're triggered, like, are you just going to sit in that trigger and let it evolve into a relapse, or are you going to do something to to stop that trigger from moving forward? And and that that's like the name of the game with people. Probably the question I get asked the most. 30-day early sobriety people, well, I still think about it. I still have that thought. And I'm like, you're going to have that the rest of your life. Welcome to being in recovery. You can't do nothing about that. I really don't. You can't pop that. Oh, I mean, Mm-mm. I mean, but but you have to you have to set that early in sobriety and go, okay, it's a thought of doing it. What am I going to do with that thought? Just drop it and go on with your day, Yeah, you know? And you may have to do all that, call your sponsor and do all that. Mm-hmm. I don't have to do that as much nowadays, but I still have that thought, you know, it's, or, um, you know, crawfish bowls, cold beer. It's hot outside. Yeah, everybody's having a cold beer. It's a thought, mm-hmm. you know. Of, well, a lot of people don't know what to do with those thoughts. And instead, mm-hmm. they, it, it brews and they think about it right. and then drinking becomes like a great idea. And there they go again. Um yeah, muscle memory is a hell of a thing. Yeah, well, and it's also uh, our, neur- our neural pathways. 
Yeah, we'll stick with muscle memory. <laughs> what Jill <Jill's> said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, and 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 so we've been doing it so long. It's just it's just common knowledge. We automatically go to that thought. But for those that just quit drinking, they their neural pathways still go straight to that drink. They haven't, you know, changed their be- thoughts or behaviors in the neural pathways in order to just go to something and do something totally different. And so, um, like I said, like, you know, having a sponsor, having friends that are sober, going to a meeting, maybe that's like when you said having, having a vehicle, having a way out is really important. Um, I never liked feeling stuck somewhere in sobriety because that can be triggering for me. Especially if I get somewhere and I and I start having a little anxiety and I just for no reason, but, no, but I'm, I, I'm, I can be stuck at a meeting. I get it. Yeah, I mean it's just like okay, gotta go. Yeah, and and so that may be what you have to do. And I and I also want people to know like it is okay to advocate for yourself and leave if you let if you're honest with your family, your friends, and whatever you're doing. They will be okay with this. I mean, I certainly hope so, but, um, you know, that's what I had to do. I had to tell my family, like, I I love you guys, but like, this is triggering for me and I got to go. And this part is where we talk about when you get to AA, you hear it a lot, but this is a selfish program. Now, there's a flip side of that. It's also a selfless program. Correct. Not to confuse the two. You have to take care of your recovery Mm -hmm. first, no matter what. It doesn't matter if grandma gets mad at you it doesn't matter if mom gets mad at you those things will pass you know right continual relapse is is what we're going to end up with if we don't start to draw boundaries mm-hmm. and say hey you know i'm not feeling very comfortable you know and and if you're worried about if they talk about you after they leave they are they're gonna yeah let it it, it doesn't matter it's mm-hmm. this is a selfish part of it you got to protect your recovery man I, my sobriety date, and I get it, we stay in the rooms all the time, you know, it's just a date. My sobriety date is so important to me, you know, because number one, I cling to it because it was a major change in my entire life. But not only did my life change on June 21st, 2011, but the lives of a lot of people changed on June 21st, 2011. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my children's lives have completely been altered by that sobriety date. My mom and dad, you know, maybe not as effective as the kids. My Wendy, my ex-wife, her life completely changed on June 21st, 2011. Um, for the better, maybe not for some of them, you know, but it's different. And it's mm-hmm. definitely headed in a direction that was better than the other one was headed. Definitely so more healthy. Protect that sobriety date, you know, at all costs, you know, and it's not just a date. And Another thing I would tell myself is I'm only been sober a month. I mean, it ain't like I'm going to lose a whole lot. But you just don't know what's going to happen on that drunk. No, you really don't. You know, and I and I make this sound, you know, Mike, you just asked me about the people offering me drinks. And I want to carry that a little further because I talk to a lot of people <clears throat> new in sobriety. I, I just started working at a treatment center. Love that. But they're all looking. They're coming up to me and going, and this isn't even the holidays. This is I'm leaving here. I'm going back to the home I live in. Everyone else drinks or uses. It's in my face constantly. I don't have anywhere to go. I have no money. You know, that's tough. I mean, that's tough. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, um, I don't know what to say to them a lot of times. You know, I, they go, what do I do? And I'm, it's hard to go leave. And they go, well, how? I don't, you know, um, and it, it just, it, it tears you up sometimes to go, yeah, you know, you wonder how some people, have even managed to have a little bit of sobriety in conditions like that, you know. Um, I'm very lucky. My my family's very supportive, and they drink and things like that, but some of them, but, uh, you know, for the most part, it's not a big deal. And uh, and we're going to talk about that, too. Okay. Family members that drink, loved ones that drink, not necessarily your family members, but mm-hmm. life lived with other people that drink, Right. Um, but first we're going to go to the big book. Let's listen. Let's, let's, this is what the big book has to say about this particular subject. Okay. And it's kind of lengthy, right? It, it, it is, this is in the chapter working with others almost towards, you know, I guess page 100, 101 
Assuming we are spiritually fit, we can do all sorts of things alcoholics are not supposed to do. People have said we must go where li- we must not go where liquor is served. We must not have it in our homes. We must shun friends who drink. We must avoid moving pictures. I'm guessing that's movies, which show drinking scenes. We must not go into bars. Our friends must hide their bottles. If we go to their houses, it, friends must hide their bottles if we go to their houses. We mustn't think or be reminded of alcohol at all. We meet these conditions every day. An alcoholic who cannot meet them still has an alcoholic mind. So it's saying we can, this, this isn't necessarily the what people think is how we should live if we are mm-hmm. spiritually fit, assuming we are spiritually fit. First line, okay? Um, an alcoholic who cannot meet them and still has an alcoholic mind, there's something the matter with his spiritual status, his or her spiritual status. His only chance for sobriety would be someplace like the Greenland ice cap. And even there, an indigenous person might turn up with a bottle of scotch and ruin everything. Ask any woman who has sent her husband to distant places on the theory he would escape the alcohol problem. It's our belief any scheme of combating alcoholism which proposes to shield the sick man from temptation is doomed to failure. If the alcoholic tries to shield himself, he may succeed for a time, but usually winds up with a bigger explosion than ever. We've tried these methods. These attempts to do the impossible have always failed. So we can't run from it, right? Nope. You know, doesn't mean we have to tempt fate. We don't have to tempt ourselves. Right. We don't have to say, hey, let's just see what, you know, none of that, you know. The test, I guess, would be the, the best question. Mm-hmm. You know, let me test myself. I'm going to walk into this near bar. And I, yeah. There's no. Not no. good. Not and good. It, it goes off to, you know, so our rule is not to avoid a place where there is drinking. We don't avoid it if we have a legitimate reason for being there, you know. And it goes on. Talk about more and more about, you know, you don't want to be that that downer that sits there remembering the time when you could drink and all that other stuff, you know. But that's basically what our big book says about it. But the very first sentence is assuming we are spiritually fit that's a big assumption right Mm -hmm. so um we gotta uh we gotta assume this person spiritually fit now what constitutes spiritual fitness you know have we had that podcast before i don't think so but like also who's to say they're spiritually fit yeah I like to think I'm physically fit until after I carried that up <laughs> here upstairs up this morning. <laughs> Tomorrow I wake up. Of course I'm I'm old, but we stop. You are not old. I mean, he is kind of old. I'm waking up with these these aches every day. I take blood pressure and cholesterol medicine on a regular basis. That's when I get depressed. Forget all the parties and stuff like that and not being able to drink. Go stand at Walgreens to get a bunch of pills these days. I go into a depression. I'm like, oh, I get a Stop wa- by and pick up some pill. Bengay on the way home. It used to be a lot of fun with all the pills. You know, now it's like, oh, I got to get some cholesterol stuff, you know? Oh. Yeah, that's, that's what I I saw Matt popping three blood pressure pills. He, he had eight <laughs> bottles of pills. They're all for, you know, I don't know, but, uh, yeah, nothing good. So, but, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, it's a, it's a weird game around the holidays and, uh, what do they call it? The silly season and AA because it, uh, you know, and I think it's up to the individual as well. You know, you, you kind of know where you're at and, and who you're with. And that's, uh, that's also been a big thing for me. And that is, the people I do hang around that drink or whatever kind of know me and my situation are supportive of it. So it's never like, uh, you know, it's not like we're spring break 96, you know, and, uh, <laughs> it's, it's not that type of deal, you know, but, uh, um, so, uh, you know, I, I just, I really don't give it too much thought these days. I did early on. And it's, it's easy for us not to, you know, I mean, I can go to, um, a business function you know, even I, I would say probably se- year seven or eight, I would still pay attention to how much people drank. Mm-hmm. I don't even, I couldn't even tell you if the last thing I went to had alcohol. I just don't, you know, I don't have a clue. Isn't that interesting? I just, uh, yeah, it doesn't phase me. It doesn't bother me. I don't even pay attention to it. It's like it just. Now, what about being in a relationship of any kind? Not, not necessarily romantic. All right. This could be a mother, father, child, um, uh, or, or a 
wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, um, any of the mix. What if they drink and you're new to recovery? You know, how do you, how do you, what, how, not how do you deal with it? I know how I dealt with it. How do you deal with it, Matt? Or how, or have you even had that experience? Um, uh, hadn't really had that experience. Uh, my ex and I both went to treatment at the same time, got off stuff at the same time. Now the, the recovery part was different for both of us. She did it a different way, but, um, um, I just did my thing and she did hers. But as far as anything in her house or being, you know, it being around me, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know how you handle that. I, I don't know that I could have handled it very early on, um, having it constantly, um, you know, and it makes you wonder too. What I always wonder is because I see how great my family is about it, but how supportive is somebody actually, if they don't have a problem, you know, and, and can, you know, of their own free will, yeah, I'm going to have some drinks. I don't know that I could, I would sit around someone right out of treatment and just go to pound and drinks and, I don't see myself doing that, uh, almost, you know, so, so I don't know. I don't guess I've had a lot of experience with that. My family's pretty chill about it that we don't, they, they have a few drinks, but it's not, uh, not in my face or any of that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I've never experienced it. Um, but I know a lot of people that have, and a lot of people that got sober that their spouses refused to stop drinking in their presence when they were newly sober. Yeah. I happen to find that incredibly disrespectful. And I've seen, I mean, I know people that have gotten divorced because of that reason. Yeah. Um, but no, I've never had that um, ever well, happened in well, my life. You know, that, that there's, there's the, for this particular uh, subject, topic, um, you know, there's there's not a real clear answer, you know, not for me, you know, because I had this, you know, early on in recovery, I had this thought process. Everybody in my life was supportive, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody, mm-hmm. you know, even, even, you know, people I wasn't close to was supportive. You know, I, w- I would go to lunch with uh, some peers, you know, and ones that normally would order beer wouldn't order beer, you know, and I know I say that there were at lunch and there's beer involved. Yes, that has happened. You know, I, I never drank on lunch, but you know, I probably hadn't sobered up from the day before. What about breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm drinking <laughs> breakfast. But um but you know, there's also that thing that says I'm the one that has the problem. Mm-hmm. You know, and if yeah. this person has to alter their behavior because of my problem, I'm just setting up a resentment. Yeah. You know? I really don't want anybody to change because of me. I have the ability to walk away. I have the ability to not be there. I mean, it can be looked at from a whole different kind of way. I always looked at it as if you change the way you do things because of me, there's going to be a day where you could possibly resent me. Oh, absolutely. You know, I can't be who I want to be. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so, hey, you be you and let me be me. I'm the one that has the problem. And then... If I see that, you know, that's getting in the way or whatever, then I've got to make changes, you know, because I, I go back to protecting that sobriety date. You know, I'm no, I'm of no good to anybody drunk. I'm just not, you know. And and I, I like to think I've done a lot better for my fellow man and, and, and people in my life as a sober alcoholic other than whenever I was drinking. So, you know, there's there's that that little caption in there that, you know, we all face, but, you know, going back to the holidays, you know, I'm kind of like, uh, like Jill, this is a, you know, this, this going into this season, especially if you're a newcomer, man, just remember, you don't have to do it alone. Mm. You just, none of this, you have to do alone and hang out at the club. I hung out at the club. Mm-hmm. I still hang out at the club. I love the club. You know, there's, you know, I, I'll say it on this podcast. I've said it on a couple of the others. But if you think alcoholics are boring, you have not been Ooh. to a function. <laughs> uh, because this is where the hardcore party animals go to relax. It's right here. <laughs> and I know that sounds just whatever, but it is definitely not. They get wild up in there. You know, it's just. just. I'm fixing a fish with two of them today. Just going fishing. Okay. We're not even partying. They're off the chain, both of them, and I'm stuck between them all day. And I'm telling y'all, I might write a book about the, the junk that they pull on each other all day long. We have a great time. Who are you going with? My sponsor and another guy, Big Richard. 
my sponsor's nemesis in a bass boat. I don't guess I know. You him. don't know Big Richard. He's uh he quit drinking a long time ago. Didn't do a AA or anything, but just been sober a long, long time. And uh, uh, Big Richard, uh, you know, he's uh he's wild, and uh, I love it. So it's not boring. No. Oh, I bet not. And you, you actually find out the regular life, real life, is not quite as boring as, you know. Yeah. One thing, my life ain't as boring. It may be a lot of things, <laughs> but definitely I am not never boring. bored, man. I, I wonder, do, you, do any of y'all ever wonder how you had time to drink and drug? God. I don't. I just don't. <laughs> or it, not only that, the effects produced by it. Or I mean, like, like the hangover, the withdrawals, the all of that. All like, the, And yeah. I just got up and I, I, I just, I don't. <laughs> or how did I do all the stuff hammered? Well, yeah. I can't do it sober. I'm like, how did you I find do out later? Matt was a pilot for many years. <laughs> he didn't even know it. That's news to both of us. <laughs> <laughs> Evidently, I was flying people. Yeah, so. I mean, I I don't know now how because I would sleep for days, and I just don't know mm-hmm. how in the world I had time. You know, I guess you get you start doing adult stuff, you know, paying bills, mowing grass, yeah, you know, painting your kitchen like you did, or um, you know, just just regular everyday going fishing with your friends or mm-hmm. changing out car parts or just going to work, <laughs> you know, I don't crazy, <laughs> yeah, doing weird stuff like that, you know, yeah, uh, going into the holidays, you know, you've got Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's, they call it the trifecta. Mm-hmm. you know, or the Bermuda Triangle or whatever they call it, where you can get caught up in all that stuff. And and um, I hung out at the club as much as I could, you know, stay close to my sponsor. You know, hey, this is what I'm going to be doing today, or I got invited to this, or I'm thinking about going to this. You know, my sponsor never told me no, mm-hmm. never. It was more of a how do you feel about it type situation. Tell me, you know, he spent. 20 minutes talking to me, I guess, just to gauge where I was spiritually. You know, am I faking it so that I can get mm-hmm. to go to this thing? You know, and we don't even know if we're faking it ourselves. Right. Thing is, I don't know. I just don't really put myself in a lot of places I used to go. I like kind of just hanging out at the house and just doing stuff like uh, the Christmas parties and all the events. I'm just not into anymore. You said something good, too, Mike, about your sponsor never telling you no. I think with good sponsors that have done the program themselves and they have a sponsor, mine does that. It's more of a we're going to discuss it and you're going to talk it out loud and you're going to make your own decision. It's not, you you, you know, you're, you almost go, oh, yeah, okay. After you've talked for a few minutes, you're like, yeah, this doesn't sound like a good idea. You know? You're right. You're and, right. And, and you take it better that way than somebody going, no, you don't go do that, you know. Um, and that's the way mine does. So, mm-hmm. um, and that's definitely a, uh, a good sponsor tool, you know, you know, some of the ones you get, you get somebody in and you, you'd be, you know, working with them and you've been going good for six months and, um, you don't want to tell them no. Sure. But it may not be the best thing. You may you just suggest you know, hey, you know, this is, um, have you looked at all of your now, options? when I didn't bring it up and then went on and did whatever it was, you yeah. know, like, and then, then you get the old, well, dumbass, how'd that work out for you? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, so, you know, yeah. yeah. And usually when I don't bring it up, that, that means I don't need to go, you know, when I don't want to discuss it. It, it, I'm already getting my answer. Yeah, so. you're already trying to hide I don't, I don't something. I have to call, you know. It's like, can I go to this biker bar? <laughs> you know, no. <laughs> so, anyway. Can I go to this biker bar? <laughs> yeah. can, can I go to Coyotes? I was, just, I was just thinking that. I've never even been. I drove by it before. I've never actually been to the place. I think I've been once. Well, it, uh, apparently it's, it's a real popular hangout back in the day. So, um Oh, anything else on the holidays, guys? Mm. Have fun. Enjoy yourself. Yeah. yeah. Sober, that is. Yeah. Don't, don't sweat the small stuff. Just enjoy it and Irish exit when you're ready, you know? Just tail lights. <laughs> That's it. You don't have to explain it. <laughs> if this is your first one, just remember you got to get through a first one. That's it. It it does. It gets easier. And it does. Um, Yeah, it's going to be a little awkward the first time you do anything in sobriety. It's always some uncomfortable stuff in order for you to grow and that's just part of it 
And you're probably gonna gonna learn to dislike the holidays more the older you get, no matter what. I just don't really. You know, maybe it's because of what I do for a living. I just, you know, November and December, I'm usually out of pocket. Like the whole whole sixty days, I'm usually uh, I'm usually tied up. You know, we got a lot going on now. You know, moving to this new area and the way we've changed the, a lot of the way we do all that at my um, place of employment, so it's not quite as um as it used to be you know but it uh it's still you know it's still hectic still a lot of stuff going on um did we have any we have not gotten any emails so there's no mail sack today Hmm. um yeah it didn't sound right did it (laughs) no mail sack (laughs) um there's no (laughs) no voicemails still got we got that one voicemail from amy c and then uh we ain't got another one so no email. Do you got any text or anything? Uh, just uh, Judy and Larry. Just uh, prayers for Larry with what he's got going on. Um, just some health stuff. Man, I have been praying for Larry since mm-hmm. the day I met Larry. I mean, not that you know he's a bad guy or anything. It's just he, it's he's just, probably been praying for you too. Yeah, yeah. Well, he Larry was right behind me, so it's kind of like you know if I can't do anything, I'm going to pray for him. And he invited me one time to a uh, a treatment center, and I. I somewhere downtown off Jordan. And um, I got to tell my story at, you know, something that he used to go do every so often. But so our paths have crossed, you know, just inadvertently over the years. I don't think we've ever sat through a meeting together. Hmm. But I've always, you know, prayed for Larry and Judy both, you know, and they've just always been on my prayer list and whatever they got going on. Of course they're on my prayer list now. Sure. Um and a lot of times throughout the day, I hear from Judy, and uh, she sends me updates on their life and what's going on. So, um, trying to figure out, let's see what countries we're in now. I want to know, I want to know what countries we're in, and I cannot pull it up for the life of me. We have actually have two thousand five hundred and twenty-one listens. Wow! Yeah. Now that's uh, we've been doing this for six months. Wow! Yeah, we've been going since May. That's awesome. Yeah, so we have been doing this. I think in two weeks it'll be six whole months, and huh. um, over the course of six months, of course, we've got listeners from uh, here in the United States, um, Ireland, United Kingdom, Taiwan. Is that Anne? Uh, Taiwan. I think so. Bulgaria, Australia, Denmark, Saudi Arabia, Canada, and the United Arab Emirates. And I'm not even sure how they got wind of it. Um, we have 75 Spotify followers, which is pretty cool. Okay, that is uh, that's always uh, you know, I love I love the the whole you know. I mean, it doesn't sound like a lot considering today's social media, but it's mm-hmm. 75 people who listen to our show whenever we release a new episode. And nice among those, of course, is you know you got Jane, and mm-hmm. uh, we got Amy down in. Down in Lacombe, Louisiana, and uh, Larry and Judy, as we've already mentioned, and Kim and Rhonda, and Faye and Michelle, and we got uh, Bree. Bree's, uh, uh, I think she went back and listened to some of our episodes. She sends me a text message every once in a while, some encouragement going on, and we also have the interact thing on here, so you can get on and interact with uh, with some of the cast, the cast. Like the inmates. Some of the inmates on the show. <laughs> And uh, Matt, good to hear. Good to hear you're working at a um, at the treatment yeah, center, man. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Um, yeah, I'm 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 super excited, and um, you know uh, they they said we got a part time position, and I think I've talked on here before about God does what He does, and and Matt just tries to get out of the way, and uh, best thing they said we've got a part time position two nights a week, and the day I start, a full time person quits. Oh, and really? Go, so you're full time? Yeah. Uh-huh. Can, they said, can you work Monday through Friday? I went. Sure can. So, got nothing else going on. Yeah, I mean, I didn't have much, you know, a little fishing. So, (laughs) I said, let me check my Palm Pilot, like Cat Williams. Oh, Palm Pilot, I remember those. Looks like I ain't doing shit. Look at my trio. (laughs) (laughs) See if anybody's got my pager. (laughs) (laughs) Matt carried a pager in junior high. Man, I had pagers, dude. What you talking about, (laughs) man? Uh-uh. Remember you could text bad words on pagers? I don't even know if it's text. Just you could put. I don't even you know, know how we did it. I don't, I don't remember. Uh, I Technology don't know. was way too advanced for me. What? Boobless? <laughs> Boobless. Yeah, that was one. Yeah, you had that to turn one. it upside down. 
<laughs> 8008. <laughs> Remember they had the pagers that would light 7355. up? 7355. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm old. Yeah. That tell something says, hopefully there's a newcomer out there going, what's a pager? <laughs> there are probably a lot of them. That's yeah. kind of scary, actually. But yeah, uh, we, we lived in the days of pagers. You know, we should, you know. Megan and I were talking the other day, and I was like, do you remember micro machines? <laughs> Remember those? No. The little cars? Oh, yeah, yeah. Little bitty cars. And oh, the precursor man. of Transformers were these things called GoBots. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember those. Now, I was I was probably five or six when the GoBots came out because uh, I, remember, I remember playing with those. So, anyway, if you want to hear us or talk to us, area code 985-377-4816. We'd love for you to leave us a voicemail. And uh, we'll play it on the air unless you tell us not to. And then we got the uh, the old email line, which is gnbbosier, B-O-S-S-I-E-R, gnbbosier at gmail.com. As always, we love to interact and talk. Shoot us a text if you have our number. Shoot a text to the uh, 985-377-4816 number. We can play that on the air. You don't necessarily have to leave a voicemail if you don't want to be heard. We're, um, we're up for any kind of communication. We love our audience. We love... Anyone that listens to the show, this is why we do it. So, um, but we're signing off now from uh, Rule sixty two Rule sixty two Studios in Bossier City, Louisiana. This has been the Grouch and the Brainstorm.